Yes, sir. Jesus said unto no, them, I want the first one to read first. First Corinthians. I want the first scripture. First Corinthians 4.15. Then, oh John. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. First Corinthians. Yes, 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 yes. Although you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For, for, because, for I became your father in Christ, in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Since you have countless guidance, but you do not have many fathers. For I became your father through the gospel. Am I communicating? Now this is this is so simple. Please pay attention. You know, the concept of spiritual fatherhood has been misconstrued in Christendom nowadays. People don't understand what it means for somebody to be your spiritual father or somebody to be a spiritual father to you. It's a big problem in the body of Christ now. Um, Paul was saying, you have many teachers, you have many instructors, but you have one father because I have begotten you. Am I communicating here? I have what? Because I have begotten you in the gospel. So, who is your spiritual father? Who is your spiritual father? Can anybody give me an answer? From that scripture we just read. You know, this is a class. From that scripture we just read, who is your spiritual father? Hmm? Anybody with an answer? Yes, please. Who is your spiritual father? A spiritual father someone who not just a deliver from that the spiritual father is someone that constantly not just a deliver through the gospel so the Bible says, Paul was saying, I have made you have many instructors, you have many teachers, but you have one father. So what's the difference between a father, a teacher, and an instructor? If you tell me that a spiritual father is one who guides you, please don't play the keyboard, just join, join the class. Yes, so that we can just sit, I think, here. Hallelujah. So I want to be seeing your face. <laughs> Glory to God. Are we together? So if we have spiritual instructors, spiritual teachers, and all of that, they also instruct us in the way of the gospel. True of us. So what's the difference between a teacher and instructor? Because the Bible says that Paul said you have many teachers, many instructors, but you have one father. So you can't have more than one father. Amen? Amen? So what's the difference between instructors, people who teach you the Bible? Because they are also teaching you the Bible. So what is the difference between a, a spiritual instructor and a spiritual teacher from a, a spiritual father? Because you can have many teachers, many instructors, but one father. What is the difference between the father and the instructors? Who, who can help me out? Now, know whether something is happening. Eh? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Okay, that's that's something. It's reasonable, but it's not yet what I'm looking for. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Yes. Any guidance? I am your father in Christ. Yes. So guidance are those people who listen to their teaching, who listen to many preachers, and yes. learn a lot from them. Yes. But the father is someone that will sit you down, someone that will teach you. If you are in error, you the one that will correct you. He's the one that will discipline you. He's the one that will teach you all that you will do. Okay. He's the one that will guide you in the spirit. Okay. That is the father. Okay. So the father is the one that disciplines you, that teaches you, that follows up with you until you are you are established in the Lord. So, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Scatters. Okay. Scatters. Yes. Yes. So the seed. Yeah. Okay. The seed germinates. Thanks. That's powerful. Amen. Amen. So people have given, I at least three of you have given me something that can make up what I want to tell you now. You want to say something? Yeah. Just quickly. Yeah. Um, talking about the Bible says you have gotten many teachers, teachers and guidance. Guidance. So guidance can be those which will we have an issue, mm-hmm. which is temporal. We go to, to seek for answers. Meanwhile, the father is someone that. Is always with you to nurture you to grow in the way of the gospel and then knows your in and out everything concerning your life so that through the gospel and through Christ he will be able to grow you up more in the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. And also he rebukes and corrects you a lot. At all times. That's powerful. Look at the book of Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. I want to show you who a father, what a father does. Galatians 4 verse 19. Now, this was Paul also speaking. Let's read it together. I just want, please, I, you know, anytime we come to church, please, let's always open our Bibles. Samuel, did you come with another Bible? So, you need a Bible. What, where's your Bible? Huh? So, get your phone. Don't charge it. Get it. You're going to learn so much more than you would when you charge your phone. Most solid. Okay, is there a spare Bible here? Please give him. Because I prefer us to even use, you know, um, <laughs> analog Bible. <laughs> the one we can handle. It's very important. Let's read Galatians 4 verse 19. Are you in Galatians 4 19? If you're there, say, I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Galatians 4 verse 19. 1, 2, 3, go. I hear you. I am to 
Amen. So look at what my one says. My little children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Hallelujah. So just like uh, Minister Izu said, a teacher and an, an instructor and a guidance can help you with knowledge. They will give you knowledge. They will sow seeds of the world in you. They will plant seeds of the world in you. Huh? They will plant seeds of the world in you. But a father is the one that grooms you until those seeds germinate and bears fruits. Let me, let me, let me, from that scripture we, we, we first read, the Bible says, you have many instructors, many guidance, but you have one father because I have begotten you in the gospel. So a father is the person who helps you realize who you are in Christ through the gospel. He grows you from the place of infanthood when you didn't know anything and sustains you, watches over you until you become mature in Christ. Paul said, my little children whom I, I, I travel, I labor in death again. So your spiritual father has the responsibility of betting your spiritual realities. So a spiritual father is not one that will be far from you. A spiritual father is one that will be in touch with you to see you through until something is battered in you. Am I communicating here? Am I communicating here? Teachers can come and teachers can go. Instructors can come and instructors can go. But a spiritual father is constantly in your life. Has been constantly put by God in your life until you are vetted in the name of the spirit. Until Christ is formed in you. Am I communicating? So when a person walks into church, he is a drunkard, he is an alcoholic. As soon as he comes into church and is under this ministry for a while and begin to see that person from where he was, he began to change, became a prayerful person became serious with God, began to evangelize, and finally becomes a, a, a genuinely mature Christian. What that person has experienced is the ministry of spiritual fatherhood. So some people who go and watch movies, uh, uh, television, they watch uh, some gospel channels, uh, TBN, watch different gospel channels, they'll see this one preach, Bishop TDJ will be preaching there, Reverend uh, Chris will be preaching there, uh, uh, Jeremiah and Waterfair might be preaching there. Uh, um, different men of God are preaching there. And guess what they will say? Kai! This man of God is my father. That's error. Somebody tell your neighbor in his ears. Error, error, error. That's error. You look at that preacher. Dr. Kumu is my father. Oh God, calm down. Calm down. Are these the men that labored? In you until Christ was formed in you. Are those the people, are they the people that that gave birth to you? Through the gospel, I mean, they gave birth to your reality, your spiritual reality by the preaching of the gospel. That's how you know a father. Can I shock you? One thing you must write down today. You cannot choose your just like you cannot choose your earthly father, you cannot choose your spiritual father. Write it down. 
Just like you did not choose your earthly father, you cannot choose your spiritual father. So people say, ah, I like the way Pastor Chris is dressing. Oh my God, look at how he's speaking American English. That is my father in the Lord. No. You can't choose your father in the Lord. I wish we could choose. The Bible said that when Jesus asked Peter, who do they say I am? He said a lot of things that people were saying. But he now asked Peter, who do you say? Matthew chapter 16 from verse 15 downwards. He said, who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke. Thou art Christ, son of the living God. He now said, flesh and blood has not done what? Flesh and blood has not done what? So, flesh and blood does not reveal who your spiritual father is. It is only the Holy Ghost that does it. Am I communicating here? Only the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost. You know your spiritual father not because this person says that's my spiritual father, but you know your spiritual father by personal what? Revelation. That's how you know him. You don't choose by looks. Sometimes you might not even like the man. But the revelation of God just comes as it, and it confirms in you that this is your spiritual father. Let me, let me shock you. And I, are you with me? Let me make it more simpler. Anybody who teaches you the word of God and continues with you in the word of God for your progress and your joy in the faith, that's a spiritual father. He doesn't teach you. And he, does, he does what? Can I hear you say continue? He continues with you. That's a spiritual father. He continues with you. It doesn't just end there. So anybody who teaches you the word continues with you with the word. But now, the person's words for you strikes chords in your heart. You could see your life changing as you hear the words of that person. Because that's what the Bible means by begotten. Am I communicating here? It says, my little children in whom I travel in bed until Christ is formed in you. So, whenever you come around that person, the person is teaching the word of God. Something in you wants to live for more of God and you are noticing that your life is changing continuously. The person is not just teaching you the word of God. He's continuing with you and as he continues with you, you can notice progress. Can I say, say progress? progress? That word progress, another word for it is that you're noticing that you are being born. Something in you is being born. Something in you comes alive. Something in you is, is being generated. You are being battered in the realm of spirit. Something in you comes back to fusion. Comes, comes back to life. That experience shows you that that man has the word of eternal life. He has what is your father. He has what it takes for your sustenance. Now let me tell you what the word father in Greek is. The word father is called Abba. Say Abba. Abba. Say Abba. Say it again. Say Abba. Abba. Now the meaning of Abba is source. Please write this down. The meaning of Abba is called what? Source. And then another meaning is sustainer. So source and sustainer. That's what Abba is. That is why you can't call somebody who you, you watch once in a while on TV your father. No. The person who continues with you is the one that's your father. Whose words, every time you hear, something in your heart leaps for joy. 
something in you changes. You hear his word, you go back and you pray. You hear his word, you go back and you want to make a routine. To your life. That's your spiritual father. Are you with me? Are we together? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, there's a scripture. I'll come back to that scripture. But let's, let's, let's read this. Now, there are principles of sonship. When a son is connected to a father, there are things that happen. One of the advantages of a son's connection to a father is that the son will always have an inheritance. Can I hear you say an inheritance? Now, when God is trying to anoint men or trying to use men, he doesn't, use, he doesn't come to you directly and, and anoint you. He uses men to reach men. The Bible says, so the oil of the Lord flows from the head of Aaron. I think I'll get you the scripture. Look at the scripture. I'm, I'm, I want to get it to you for you. Mashallah, Brana Maha. Rotekiba. I think Psalm 133 and verse 2. How beautiful it is for men to be, dwell together in unity. You know, it is like a precious oil poured out on the head, running from down onto the beards, running down onto Aaron's bed, down to his collar, to his robe, downwards. Psalm 133 and verse 2. Are you there? Are you there, sir? Yes, sir. Did you see that? Read that scripture. One, two, three, go. So, so the when we come together in church, the blessings of God is made available, but it comes, it comes upon people in different degrees. It comes upon your head, flows to your uh, flows. It comes upon the head, flows to the beard, flows to the, the skin, the collar, everywhere. So when God wants to do anything, He begins with the head of the church. Am I communicating? He begins with your spiritual father. That's what I'm trying to say. If God wants to bless you, He blesses your spiritual father, and the blessing reaches you. If God wants to give us the grace for, to handle um, to be millionaires now, guess who that grace will come upon? Your spiritual father first, the head of the church. So that is why, if you see a church making progress, the members must make progress. If you see the glory of God upon the life of the of the pastor, you see the pastor's life making progress. The members will also make. Am I communicating? It is a short thing. It is a short thing. Because one of the principles of sonship is the father and the son is one. Say with me, the father and the son is one. That's the first principle of sonship. You will never go and check the son and not see what is happening in the father happening in the son. You will never. Look at what Jesus said about him and God. He says, I and my father are what? I am my father are what? Now, the reason I'm teaching this topic is because the Lord is telling me that from now, the graces that are to work in my life, a couple of those graces are going to be resting on each of you. Amen. You didn't shout amen like you wanted it. Amen. So Jesus said, I am my father. I want. Look at where it was recorded in the book of John chapter 10. And verse 13. I and my father are one. 
Nothing happens with the father that does not happen with the son. I am my father. Our. When you find out who your spiritual father is and you connect to that person, your progress will be faster. I thought God was just going to go and go and look for an Elisha. I said, Elisha, I'm going to be a great
you are looking at me like people who do who have never you've never in your life heard a song like that. How many of you have heard the song by Don Men? I'm not believe it. Eh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you are even singing it means you need Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. If salvation was by works and he sang that song and trumpet sound, hellfire. Yes, but salvation is not by works. Say glory to God. Say glory to God. So, so exclusivity is I am unavailable. That's what it means, except to one person. Uh, yeah. So, so the the principle of sonship number three is this principle of exclusivity. You are only available to one father. The rest can be teachers. The rest can be mentors. The rest can be role model. But you are only you only have how many fathers? Hey. What if I came to your house and say, hey, your father is my father. I love your father. Your father is a good father. I can say that all the time that I... Well, when it comes to when they are sharing inheritance, my name will never be mentioned. Three of us, you have only one father. If you find who your father is and you stay there, your life will be much easier. Your progress will be much tangible. You have one father. Tell anybody you have one father. That's the principle. That's one of the principles of sonship. This principle of exclusivity. You can't have too many fathers. You have one. Number four, another principle of sonship. Are you? Are we together? Number four principle of sonship is that is the principle of abiding. Somebody say abiding. abiding. Somebody say the principle of abiding. You know. Look. Let me show you a scripture. Look at. John chapter 8 and verse 35. John 8, 35. Are you there? Oma Salabratopanas. Let's read that scripture together. Sir, are you there? Please, if you are there, say, wait. If you are not there, say, wait for me. Samuel, talk. You are not there. All right, let's read it together. John 8 and verse 35. 1, 2, 3, go. So, the principle I mentioned, principle number four, is the principle of what? The principle of what? So, if you are found your father, your spiritual father, one of the things that you must put at the back of your mind is that you must abide with that person forever. You must continue with that person forever. There are many people who suck the breast of their mother. After sucking the breast of their mother, they became big girls. They, have, they got their own breast and they forgot about their mother. They forgot to send money. They became big boys. Instead of talking in, 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 uh, in billion, billion, a million million and they forgot that their parents are somewhere you see them they come to church and they give big money to a pastor who they they come to church once in a month and give big money but they have never sent anything back home to their parents those kind of people are not sons even if they are children of that person they are not sons of that person because if you are truly a son you will do what no matter how god leads you no matter how god blesses you you will find your father. 
you will go back to your father. The Bible says God highly exalted Jesus and gave him the name above every name. Up till when Jesus was exalted and given the name above every name, he still calls God his father. There are people after God gives them an anointing and they, they raise two dead people. They become global evangelists. They look at their father and call him a mentor. Somebody say error. error. Say error. error. Please, I'm, the reason I'm teaching this is because God is about to do a quick work with us as a church. Please get yourself ready for it. So a son is one that abides. There are people who join the church and the reason they are in the church so that they can learn something and disappear and start their own work. It's not bad. But there are people who join the church because they are, God connected them with their spiritual father. And as soon as they connect to that spiritual father, they are not there to learn and disappear. They are there to make sure the work works. The house is built. Because the spiritual son abides where? Abides where? In the house. He stays there. Whether it is smooth, he stays there. Whether it is rough, he stays there. Whether things are working, he stays there. Whether things are not working, he stays there. But guess what a servant does? He's just there for his money. A servant is always there for his money. There are many... Can I shock you? Can I shock you? Why we have too many churches? Can I tell you something? Why do we have too many churches and Nigeria remains the same way it is? Because we have too many churches with plenty children, no sons. Love Life City is not about to be one of those churches. We have too many churches, children of God everywhere, but no sons of God. So you see people, oh my God, who call on the name of the Lord because they want something from God. I didn't mean Jesus was like that. God wouldn't have done much with him. There are people who come to church because they want a blessing. But there are people who come to church because they want to see the church of God advance. They want to see the church grow. They want to see God glorified. They want to see people blessed. So when they come to church, they are looking for what to be done. When it is almost time for church, they are looking for whom to evangelize to. See, if we have churches with people who who carry son mentality, who are sons, you'll find out that every church you see in a place, one place, that whole environment will change. Am I communicating? If you want to know a church that has sons, when the church comes there and stays there for five years, for ten years, you will notice that they, they scatter the roads has been cut by one of the members. You notice that there is no water, maybe in that environment, one of the members put a borehole somewhere. You notice, you notice the environment, all the people who are Looks like they, are, they don't they don't have their vagabonds around the environment. They are cultured. They are they are giving jobs. That's how you know a church that is made up of sons as members. Love Life City will be a church of sons of God. Say it loud, amen. Amen. So a son abides in the house. A son helps to build the house. But a servant is just there for something. Maybe the man of God can see where where. Oh, you don't go to that church. If the man of God talks something for your life, it go happen. Go try and go try and go. Now, if you if you have if the church is made up of such kinds of members, that church cannot have impact on the society. But the Bible calls us light of the world, salt of the earth, city set on a hill. Somebody say city set on a hill. That's who we are. So we are meant to shine forth. We are meant to impact our world. And for that to happen, sons must come. Sons, sons. 
people who belong to the house. People who will not run away. When you shout on somebody and say, cut this thing you did is wrong, and he runs away, he was not your son in the first place. Because sons don't run. What did I say? How many of you, after your father shouts on you, or baby beats you? Daddy, I'm leaving this house. I am not coming. When you, when you leave the house, you will now know that, that 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 is the only place that could have been your house on the earth. No other place can be your home. Are we together? Who is whom? Are we together? Hallelujah. So, sons abide. Don't be a transactional Christian. Don't be a transactional Christian. Be a son of God. A son will come to the parents and say, Dad, what do you what would you want to be done? Let me do it. That's a son. That's a son. How many of you want God to use you? Want God to use you? This is the secret. How many of you want to be blessed? Your measures. This is the secret. Children are only worthy of bread. Bible says he gives bread to the eater. He gives bread to the eater. But he gives seeds. A child is an eater. A son is a sower. A child is there for what he can get and disappear. But a son is there for what he can plant. Because this is my father. This is my father's house. I want this house to be established. That's a son. And if God finds a son, now how God, what God gives to a son is more than what he gives to a child. If I, want, if I have a son and I have a smaller person, the, the stand up. So maybe you are 23 years old and he's just four years old. The only thing you can ask me for is cheese ball when I come back from the house or from work or from anywhere. But my son can tell me, oh dad, there's a land project, a building project, the building project has been going on successfully. We need Susan so Susan so thing. Now I will give my guy cheese ball. Amen. You're not, a, you're not a child in Jesus' name. I'm just illustrating. I'll give him cheese ball. Maybe I just came back from the UK. I made a lot of money. I came back and he's asking for cheese ball. Daddy, cheese ball. All the way, all the way from UK, I came back and all you could ask for is what? Is what? Guess what? He will get his cheese ball. Will he get his cheese ball? That's why in church you see many miracles. You see the prophetic. You see a lot. People will get their miracles. But when this young man comes to me and says, Dad, the building project we started, look at where it is. I think we have this as well. Now, I will give him something because he's building something. I'll give him something more reasonable. And from there, he can take care of his personal needs. I don't need to ask him for, for his personal needs. But because I know he's building something for us, I will trust. I can even tell him, Oga, you know what? I want to wheel one of my bank accounts to you. Change the name of the account or change the signature. You are now one of the signature to this account so that this project that you are building can work. True of us. True of us. Sit down. That is the difference between a person who is more a two, two people who started in the Lord at the same time, but one of them is more blessed than the other person. One 
is gimme, gimme, gimme. Huh? The other one is Lord, what will I give you? If you are with me, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So this is not a regular, I'm not, you see, I'm not shouting. Yeah, yeah. I'm teaching you what works. So that after 10 years of your, your work with the Lord, you can make things, people will look at you and you are not ordinary. You are, you are a nation shaker. After 10 years with your work with God, kings should begin to consult with you. Presidents should begin to consult with you. Am I communicating here? Yes, now. Big men should be looking for you because that's what the Bible says. Arise and shine for your land has come. Gentiles shall come to your rising. But kings will come to the brightness. So as you walk with the Lord, you should attain a level of brightness. The end point is to attain a height of brightness that kings and only kings will respond to. Am I communicating here? So in your work with the Lord, you should get to Oh my God. You should get to a point where only the nobles will look for you. Or mostly the nobles will look for you. You get to that point. When they are looking for a keyboardist, they'll say, Kai, call that guy. is the best. It's not just because you have trained yourself, but because you have matured spiritually. I can call many people who sing, who sing songs in Christendom, whose voice are not the best. But when they sing, the power of God flows. That an embassy, Frank Edwards, not her voice, Eben. I'm on camera. I don't want to say what I want to say. They don't have voices. But when they pick up the mic and they sing, the power of God is communicated. Because these people have been raised. They are trained to be sons. Sons. I want to show you something before I continue. There are many churches where you go to, they will tell you, don't call anybody spiritual father. Two of us. Oh, now you guys are not here. True or false? It says in the Bible that you should not call anybody spiritual father. I want to show you that scripture. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. Uh, sorry, Matthew 23 and verse 9. I want to show you that scripture and I want to explain to you what that scripture means. Elomas Komrana Montila Ashta. So when you go to some churches and say, yeah, don't call anybody your spiritual father. It's, not, it's against the Bible. It is, it is a lack of understanding. People don't understand scriptures and so they are in error. How will God that created, that created earthly father and earthly mother tell you not to call anybody your father? So because the Bible says don't call anybody father except one who is in heaven. So you now come to your father. Your father's name is Gospel. And you say, ah, good morning, Mr. Gospel. Good morning. He will beat you that day. Are we together? Are we together? Matthew 23 and verse 9. See, I'm just trying to take, take this gradually. Are you learning something? No, 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 I'm serious. Are you learning something? Yes, sir. Matthew 23 and verse 9. Look at this quickly. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Did you see that? So when the Bible says, call no man father, does it literally mean you should not call anybody father? No! That's not what he's saying. He's talking about something in context. So if you want to understand the Bible, anytime you read the Bible, if you want to have a complete understanding of the Bible, read the pretext 
and read the 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 full text. The post text, sorry. Read the print text and read the post text so that you can get the context. I want to give you one example. Like we re- we are reading one of those Thursdays. Eh? Where the Bible says, God has given Jesus a name above your name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Somebody say with me, say, repeat, can, can anybody quote it offhand? Just at the name, that part that says at the Yes, yes, just quote it off and you can. Let's see. No, no, no. Quote the full. God has given him a name above every name. A name? Every other name that. Okay, try, sir. You, 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 you passed. God has delivered you. Yes. For God has given him a name, name? above yes. every other name. Yes. For at the mention of the name. Yes. So, you see, he has made the mistake. He did not make the mistake, but he made the mistake. The Bible never said at the mention. You want to prove it? Philippians 2, 9, 10. So if you want to understand any scripture, read the foretext and the pretext. The Bible never said it mentioned. The Bible said at the name. Because that is why you mentioned Jesus. When rats entered your room, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And it doesn't work. Because the power in the name is not in the mention of the name, but in the revelation of the name. Philippians 2, 9, 10, 11. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Remember, this is a slight distract, a deviation from what I'm teaching, but you need to see this. It's a slight deviation, but see it. At the Philippians 2, 9. What does it say? Read it. 1, 2, 3, go. Yes? No. Sir, did that mention there? You see, he is now so used to mention that even when he's reading it, he's not saying. <laughs> so there are a lot of Christians like that. It's wrong. So, but at the name of Jesus. So he's telling you that at the personality, at the appearance of the personality of Jesus, every knee should bow. Not necessarily amen. Not necessarily that whole scripture was talking about the personality of Jesus and not the name. How many of you know not only Jesus of Nazareth answers Jesus? How many of you even know that the name Joshua is Jesus, is Yeshua. So, yes, Joshua can be pronounced as Yeshua, and Yeshua means Jesus. How many of you know that? So, the name in itself is not powerful. Who is What is powerful here is the personality, and that scripture was talking about a personality, and not a name. So, you see people who read the Bible and say, now they are going to shout the name of Jesus three times. The name can, when you shout it, it will it will help you recognize a personality that will do the work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But the name in itself is not what changes things. It's the personality. So when you are shouting Jesus, Jesus, you should, as you are shouting Jesus, your eyes should be opening to recognize the personality you are you are calling. And that is where the power lies. I just hope I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Matthew 23 and verse 9. Now said, he says, he says, call no one father on earth except him that is above. Verse 10 now says something. Look at verse 10. Like I was stressing people today. Look, Matthew 23 and verse 10. Mosalama. Let me even read it. So let's see even how we can go. Look at it says, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. So was that scripture saying that you should not call anybody spiritual father? Eh? That's not what he's saying. Look at what let me read again. It says, And call no man your father upon the earth. Some translation said, Call no man your spiritual father upon the earth. Amen. Praise the Lord. And and all ye it says, call no man your spiritual father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Alright? So that's what that scripture is saying. Now, what does this scripture mean? Does it mean that we should not call anybody our spiritual father? No. It was teaching us the principle of exclusivity. That the, the father of all the earth is one. His name is Jesus. And that is the only father you have. Amen? Amen? That when you are dealing with Jesus, he should be your only, the only, your only God. When you are dealing with Jesus, he should be your only Savior. How many of you have heard people say that there are several ways to heaven? You can take, there is not, Jesus is not the only way to heaven. There are people that say that. Jesus is not the only way to God. There are so many ways to God. If you don't have people say that, Oprah Winfrey, at, a, at, a, at an interview on live TV, BBC, said, Jesus is not the only way to God. That's blasphemy. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, but... So, this creature was teaching us the principle of exclusivity, that there is only one God, and Father of all, whose name is what? So, don't call anybody the Father that you call God. Don't call anybody the master that you call God. But does it mean that you should not have fathers? Eh? Oh my God, are you guys lost? Does it mean you should not have fathers? No. Does it mean you should not have masters? No. But there is one. The savior of the whole world is the one master. He's the one father. But you can have spiritual fathers. You can have masters on the earth. You can have earthly fathers. If he said you should not call anybody father, that means your, your biological father, look at him and call him Ogan Solomon. That's what he said. But he said, the only one father. When it has to do with the, 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 the father of the universe, is only one. One spiritual father. In heaven. Nobody else should take the place of the fatherhood of God. That's what he's trying to say. He's trying to teach you exclusivity. So God is the, the ultimate father then you can have any fathers. You can also have what? Spiritual father. If you cannot have spiritual father, Paul will not say, I today, dear my son, I have begotten you in the gospel. He says, you have many, just many, but you have one father because I have begotten you. So he was telling them that I am your So when next somebody tells you, 
you don't you can't call anybody's video and show them this scripture that this scripture was talking about the ultimate father the ultimate master nobody should have his title except him clear enough clear enough should i close <laughs> make i close <laughs> i'm already rounding off don't worry so i've mentioned four principles of sonship let's start from the beginning mention the first principle from the beginning i've mentioned four principles now so we're going to go over it again the principle of sonship number one you and your father spiritual father whatever you are one number two son is not unaware he's not ignorant of who his father is once he comes once you come to a place and a person is just spiritual, you will know Hiya. like i've given you many instances as he's talking like this it is striking a chord. You know what a chord is, sir. Do you know how to strike a chord? Uh-huh. You you know a chord is something that just enters well. It just sits well in, in the ears. Uh-huh. By personal by personal revelation, you just it, when the person is talking to you, the words that the person is speaking to you just it just aligns with your life. It's as though the person is 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 playing out your life for you. His words are guiding you to the future. That's how you know. So a son knows. A son does what? It's, I, I'm glad that I didn't tell you that a son likes his spiritual father. You must not necessarily like that person. In fact, the person might even the first time you know that your spiritual father was when he rebuked you and said, "Come on, stand up from that seat and go out there and usher people into the church." <laughs> Amen. Have you not seen pastors like that? <laughs> Very, very, and all of that. That's him. I have even character problems because they are humans. Your father can have your spiritual father can have character. Wahala. The problem of Abraham was he was he was he, he can lie. Abraham Abraham lied. Emma has the green line. Jacob now collected the same anointing. That's why you must be careful with who. It's your spiritual father. You have to ask. It's only God that ordains it. But when God ordains him. It blesses you through it. Am I communicating? But I'm not saying that they are free of fault. They have flaws. They can have a mistake. They can have error. But they are human beings. But God uses them for you. Eli had a problem. His problem was to correct people. He, he couldn't correct people. But he was a spiritual father to who? To Samuel. Yes. Bible. Bible. Very clear. He was a spiritual father to, to Samuel. And even though Eli had a problem with his character. That one did not enter into Samuel. Samuel was the prophet that if he looked at you, he did something, he will tell you straight. Thus says the Lord, a wicked man, you have killed people. God will judge you. When David messed up himself, came to him and warned him, pointed his hand. So when you have a spiritual father, the spirit of God upon that person comes upon you. Remember what happened to Moses? The Bible took from the spirit of Moses and put upon 70 elders. Remember what happened to Elisha? Yeah? The Bible took upon the spirit from Elisha, Elijah, and put upon Elisha. And so, so like I said, God, God reaches out to men through men. If God wants to give you the mantle of a Benson in Taosa, He brings a man carrying that same mantle around you. And if you submit to that man as your father, the blessing comes upon you. There are things I want to I want to talk about, but not today. There are two mantles you can you you, you get when you are a good follower. Two mantles. Somebody say two mantles. Say it again. Say two mantles. I'll be talking about this 
when I'm talking about when I talk about the relationship between Elisha and Elijah, how Elisha was able to catch something from God and exploded in his ministry. There were two major mantles that came upon Elisha. Right? So the first mantle Elisha, Elisha got was the recruiting mantle. And the second mantle was the reward mantle. Eh? When God brings you around your spiritual father, something will happen to you the first day that you come. Am I communicating? Please help them in. Okay, help with your young man in. The first day that you meet your spiritual father, something will happen to you. Something will, you will notice something. I'm not even know that Elijah gave Elisha two mantles. The first time he he just touched hit flung him with the mantle. Boom! Follow me. No, you know, I mean, sorry, as he flung him with the mantle, Elisha began to follow him. It was like an impartation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Just a mantle came upon him. The next thing, he started following Elijah everywhere. There are people who are called sons of the prophet. They did not follow the same way Elisha followed. Are you aware? Oh, yes. Those ones are not sons. Those ones are children. That's why one of the prayers I pray, even yesterday, my, me and my men were praying that same prayer. I said, Lord, give us the sons of this call. Say with me. Say, Father. Father. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father. Father. Bring, the bring the sons of this anointing, of this anointing to, the to the ministry. Bring the sons, bring the sons. of this calling to this ministry. Say, Lord, if I am one of them, make me available. Shout the loudest, Amen. So there's a certain man, once you just come around a person with your father, you will notice that immediately you are around, you begin to talk like him, um, not literally, but you begin to think like him, you talk like him, you almost want to begin to behave like him. It's the first mantle. You Another thing you notice is that you, will not, you, can't, you can't stop yourself from following so sometimes you wake up, you are not even feeling like coming around that person, but you see yourself coming to that person. It was a mantle that came on you. Am I communicating here? Oh Lord. I'm telling you what happened to me. When I first met my spiritual father, I couldn't stop myself from coming to him. Even when I didn't want to. Something came upon me. That's how you know that this, is, this man has, there is something God put in this man for you. He might just say, hey, how are you, my friend? What are you doing? The next thing you just... What did Jesus do to these uh, the apostles, these 12 apostles? He met them and said, follow me and I will make you. One word. That was not the word. That was the casting of the mantle. He might just speak to you, but while he spoke to you, a mantle came. He might just shook you, shake your hands, but as soon as he shook your hands, the mantle, the mantle, someone said the mantle of recruitment, that's how that's how as I'm talking all these things now some of you will get to that level where people meet you and they start following you they will, they, you, you will, not, they will not know why at some point oh, I have a lot of sons who, let me just tell you, <laughs> scattered everywhere that's how we were able to go to different cities and have conferences we go to Portacot, we went to Lagos we went to Anambra, we went to Enugu we had conferences in many places why? Because I had raised people in the Lord and they were everywhere. So I just called them, young man, I'm coming to your city. So there was a time where in my house, 37 persons 
all boys. I don't know why God gives me boys. I say all of them, male, no female. I don't know why. 37. My father said, ask him what is going on in this house. So when we start praying, we start clapping our hands and start praying in the night. Our neighbor, who is possessed with God forgive me, will come and knock on our door and say, and, and he, he attempts to shout at the point when he noticed that the numbers were increasing. He started begging my father to beg me. People everywhere. I didn't call them. I didn't ask for them. A mantle came up. Can I hear you say a mantle of recruitment? When you meet your father, you will know. It will come on you. May that mantle come upon the real sons here. Everyone who is a real son, the mantle is coming on you. Shout the loudest. Amen. Amen. Listen, the Lord told us we are taking the city of Abuja. And how we take that city is that we are going to raise sons. We're going to raise kings and we're going to raise priests that will serve the Lord and serve humanity with a genuine heart of love. We're going to raise people who are not going to be fake. There are many people who have bribed Jesus. And many people who have do Jesus, Yahoo, Yahoo. But we will be, we will be real. Say, I will be real. There are people who fast for three days just to get an anointing to, to show, showcase themselves. There was one of my um, colleagues when we used to wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord. One of them fasted for seven days with water, actually. So the reason why he fasted for seven days was anytime you watch Benny Hinn, Benny Hinn would just pass by people and a lot of them would fall down. So he wanted that same experience. Amen? Amen? Yeah. So the guy fasted for seven days and he started working in that measure. The next thing we heard about the guy was that he started smoking Igbo. Yes. We can carry anointing and smoke Igbo. Oh, yes. The anointing, the power of God can come upon you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when a lady passes, you cannot look front. As ladies pass, your eyes follow you. The reason why that is possible is because the young man wanted power but he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want wisdom. He didn't want discipleship. He didn't want to be trained. He didn't want nobody to sit in there and say, this thing you are doing is wrong. He just wanted power. If that guy comes here and, op- and looks at everybody here, he will tell you your life history. And you'll be shocked. Ah, he did so many fasting and he carried power. Very, at a very early age, 12, 13, he started manifesting. I'm telling you, my friends, these are people who I would grew up with. And then my dad will tell me, and my dad was a spiritual person. My dad would tell me anytime I want to go for programs because I was already touching the anointing. At a very young age, at 12, 13, I already I was already anointed, I was already doing ministry. So they invited me for programs to go and minister in songs at, at a point at the beginning. And sometimes they invite me for programs to just go to programs and be a blessing to them. My dad would tell me, Oga, you are not going any. Yes. It's part of discipleship. Say discipleship. Some of you, when God begins to put that grace on you, that anointing, that man, some of you, the grace comes upon you and you are, you are invited here, they are inviting you here, they are calling you. A time will come for that. And you come to meet me and say, Pastor, they invited me here. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, sir, don't take that invitation. What I've done for you, I've preserved you for the future. Are you here on Because as soon as you take that, that, that uh, invitation, you've not been groomed. Christ has not completely been formed in you. And you take that thing and you go and you start seeing miracles. God gave you details of somebody. You called his life history. You prayed for the sick. In fact, one dead man rose. What has happened to you is that you are a baby, but you are a baby that has been given a car key of a Bentley or a Rolls Royce. And they say you should drive to Abuja. 
and drive to Nasarawa or drive to Lagos. That's what they did to you. Did you hear what I just said now? They gave you an expensive car. Twelve it and told you to drive, drive to Lagos. That's what, that's what happened. And so that's why you have people, public figures, ministers of the gospel, and you look at them, scandals, scandals, scandals. They are bringing shame in the name of God. One of my friends in the ministry was saying something that now God does not give people anointing too quickly. Because in those days, in those days it was easy. When you fast like this, <laughs> God will rest upon you with his glory. But God has seen that many people are scamming him. People came to him or came for him because of what they would get. So now it's now hard that God has increased the price for the anointing. So you fast, 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 fast. Anointing will not come. Anyway, there's something about um, this ministry that's a special grace upon us as a church. We don't struggle for anything. Say, I don't struggle for anything. Say it louder. Say, I don't struggle for anything. Yeah, it's a special grace. If we want to see the move of God, we don't, we don't struggle. But I'm telling you generally, that my friend was telling me, said that now God has made it harder. But what you will fast for three days and you will get, you fast for three days, go to a crusade, lay your hands on, on a blind man and the man will, now, that anointing, for you to get that anointing, God will have to drill you for three months. That's what he was telling me. Alright? Amen? Because God has, there are many scammers. But can I shock you? Can I shock you? Can I shock you? Yes, I want to say something.